organizing in the community because they understood that every nation, they see themselves as part of a nation, has the right to liberation or the right to self-determination, depending on their conditions, right? So that would lead to liberation, but they have to struggle for that. And they have to understand what was leading to their situation, and they had to decide what would be done, and action had to be taken, took in place. We know that Matula uh, Shakur, for one, he was dealing with acupuncture to uh, eradicate that addiction off of heroin uh, for his people. And he did that at Lincoln uh, Hospital in the Bronx, and uh, he was very successful. And I think that, you know, that knowing that he did that, uh, we should relate to who he is a little differently. There's a documentary called uh, Dope is Death that really lays out what was going on. And I think that that's very important. So when we look at them, we're going to go back and forth between all of our political prisoners, those who are currently incarcerated and those who are formerly incarcerated but still doing the work. You know, Jalil Abdul-Mutakim, he was uh, very instrumental formulation of the tribunal, the People's Tribunal. It was a 2021 International Tribunal. It was done on October 22nd to October 25th. Uh, we still charge genocide. So it's ironic that we're talking about this and this work was done um, because May 19th, which is tomorrow, is going to be Malcolm's birthday. Malcolm said that we had to take our struggle from our uh, civil rights to human rights. And this is exactly what Jalil Abdul-Mubikim did and others, because I don't want to just say he was the only one that was involved. There were a number of organizations that they struggled to get that done for two years, that they put the, uh, the issue to the international stage. And I think that that's extremely important. And we talk about Sekou Odega, we talk about the Northeast Political Prison Coalition. He understood that the people made the demand, the people organized for his release. And uh, although he did his own homework on his case, and he did what he had to do to um, to help those who were working and struggling from the outside to bring them home. It was that collective effort that needed to be done for him to uh, get free. And he didn't stop there. He decided that he was going to be the modern day Harriet and free other political prisoners. So he, he organized, he continued participating and speaking on uh, freeing our political and now we talk about Ronda. Our last episode, we were talking about his uh, work with meditation, his work with uh, dealing directly with combating mental illness, and how he was able to help a brother um, who was incarcerated with him walk again when the doctor said he would never walk again as a result of a, uh, being shot. So that's just to give you an idea of some of our political prisoners who were struggling for African liberation and struggling to combat mental illness because you have drug addiction, you have uh, stress, anxiety, hypertension, results of being oppressed. And these are directly connected to mental illness. Abdul Ha. Uh, yeah, peace and love, brothers and sisters. Uh, just like Frank did, uh, I'm going to begin giving tall respect Brother St. Coop. You understand this uh, entire NEPPC podcast, you know, is in the spirit of his work, you understand, uh, to reach back and to liberate, you know, his brothers and sisters, his comrades, you know, and uh, that's what NEPPC is all about, you know, and that's, that's what we're talking about, you know, 
and not inspiring our people. You know Building our people up. You understand? Uh, helping our people to overcome these uh, uh, mental disorders and make us, uh, uh, some of us feel that we are uh, less than human, that we got to, to prove ourselves through violently attacking our brothers, to attack the, uh, the faces that have the nose and lips, you understand, that they have, and to bust them heads open, to put that, to send that, we hate to the cemetery, you know, to create black love in our people, to make us come together, to unify, you understand, as, as George Jackson said, who, who became an enlightened prisoner, you know, that we have to come together and settle our quarrels, because fascism is here, you know, listen to them words, you know, and we got brothers and sisters out here, you understand, um, uh, you know, uh, political uh, freedom fighters who have uh, very, very great respect, you understand, yeah. among uh, who Dr. Khalid Muhammad called the warrior class, you understand? Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, this is a solution to, to a whole lot of our contradictions. You know, and I want to say, I want to shout out to Sister Ayana, who says she'll be listening uh, to the podcast, you understand? Please and share with 10 people. If you're listening, and, and hit like, hit like. Right. And send me a picture of the baby until the baby, newborn baby, I said, give me five on the push-ups right now. That's very important that we shout out the youth because the youth yep. are watching and the youth are going to be, uh, be inspired or uninspired by the actions and the, uh, behind the words that we uh, speak. And I think that that goes directly uh, to uh, work towards freeing our political prison because our youth are going to say, if this happens to me and I'm forgotten about, about then why should I do the work? And uh, they are going to feel uninspired because we're not taking care of our political mindset, right? So I think that we have to take that serious. I think that we have to uh, educate our children more on um, our political prisoners. I know that um, and when we talk uh, to our children and we talk about them, talk to them about heroes and sacrifices and history, we have to put our political prisoners in there. And I think that this month, it's uh, very important when we talk about mental health and we talk about African liberation, that we talk about the history of it uh, with our children and we make sure that we have them involved in anything that we're going to do because they're listening and they're looking for direction. And once you blink your eyes 10 years ago, once you blink your eyes twice 20 years ago, once you bring, blink your eyes three times 30 years ago, and what I'm saying is that Time is moving extremely fast. Our children are growing big extremely fast. And we don't have a lot of time to tell them right from wrong. We got to be a living example. And we got to let them know that um, there are principles that you have to stand on. And those principles that you stand on may or may not uh, bring you some um, pressure or some obstacles because of those who are in an opposing position and have opposing views and who might have uh, more influence than you at the time, but yet still you stand on your principles, you don't deviate, you don't vacillate, as Coltrane Shimaranga, our film Marshall has said, right. you know, and you commit yourself to those ideas, those principles, and you make sure that if you want to uh, live by something, it has to be a principle. And I think that that's what the political prisoner is. The political prisoner is an individual that decided that I'm going to stand on principle. I'm not going to wake up, wipe the coal out of my eyes, and just accept whatever comes in that particular day. I'm going to wake up, wipe the coal out of my eyes, and mentally prepare.
prepare myself to address what's going to come on uh, that particular day. Because the political prisoner is made conscious because of their uh, observation of their reality and their uh, internalizing that reality as uh, the process of in which the oppressor has uh, put his people and people like him in. Because uh, we work all the time. We've been working for decades and centuries. And yet still, you look at the current situation, it's because of the system itself is fundamentally flawed. And uh, we have to deal with that. Uh, we have to decide how we're going to live. And we got to uh, accept the consequences that come with the decision that we're making. Uh, either we're part of the solution or part of the problem. Um, but I think that, you know, we are touching on a number of topics. And I think at this point, you know, we could bring it to an end. Uh, how can close the remarks? Anything that you need to say before we uh, sound off? Uh, yeah, uh, Black Power Pink, yeah. The brother just talking about principles. That's what the local offenders live by, you understand? A strong push for principles, you know, and we need this, you know. Our political criminals are very, very beneficial for us, you know. The work they do inside and those who've been free, the work they're doing out here, you know. We got some, some, some real, real contradictions among us right now, you know. This violence killing one another, you know, uh, this do-nothing stuff, you know, this uh, scared-to-death, sissified politics that says uh, turn the other cheek. You know, all this whole type of stuff. You know, our political business, you understand, uh, our solution, our benefit, you understand, uh, that can, uh, you know, give us the power and the wisdom, the understanding, the critical analysis, you understand, that will benefit our people and it's very, very highly principled, you know, to support our, our political business to make it a, a, a priority to bring them home. And it's highly unprincipled us to forget about them and abandon them, you understand, and forget about them, you understand, as Killer Mike said, uh, to expect them to bungee jump us without a core, you know, so uh, we say, uh, what is it called? Free them all. Free them all. Free them all. That being said, you know, we're going to have to close out with a word from our brother in the struggle, Killer Mike. Killer Mike.
people that we would do for ourselves. So what I'd like to see, my dream thing, is to see one million people from the culture dedicate $10 a month. That's $10 million a month, $120 million a year, toward taking care of civil rights leaders who have worked on our behalf and are elderly now and don't have to take care of themselves, like Rosa Parks, whose rent was paid by the owner of, of, of um, Little Caesar's Pizza. We should have had a fund to make sure... So what uh, Killer Mike was uh, saying was that uh, we had to be responsible for um, taking care of those who made sacrifices for us. Uh, please excuse the technical difficulty. And uh, it's a message that he is um, committed to saying, and we have used it a number of times of our episodes. So uh, if you want to know uh, the entire message, just go to one of our um, previous episodes. Anyway, uh, we salute Killer Mike for making that stand, taking that stance, because it's very important that uh, we take care of those who take care of us by fighting for us. Anyway, uh, please share this episode with uh, 10 people. Ask them to share with 10 people and let the uh, word of freeing our political prisoners carry on. Don't let political prisoners die in prison. Contact us at 347-679-3936 if you want to get involved. Again, that's 347-679-3936. Please make time to write to a political prisoner. And uh, you could donate anything uh, you are able to afford uh, at Cash App, Safu Sankofa. That's S-A-N-K-O-F-A. A-N-K-O-F-A, excuse me, that's S-E-F-U-S-A-N-K-O-F-A, Sefus and Kofa, that's a cash app, and also Sefus and Kofa at Gmail, S-E-F-U-S-A-N-K-O-F-A at Gmail.com. Thank you, travel safe, peace.